0: it's time for the noble capital radio hour with the team at noble capital wealth management serving you throughout the austin area and beyond featuring the vice president of noble capital wealth management jess hamill and financial advisor
1: jonathan Berkland. here's your host walter storholt you're listening to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Walter Sorholt alongside Jess Hamill, Jonathan Berkland, the fantastic team at Noble Capital Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Austin area. Find us online by going to ncwealth.com. Guys, very often we see a broker or an advisor who's you know doing a less than stellar job for their clients, but folks will continue to still work with that advisor simply because they feel like, well, he or she is just a nice guy or a nice gal. I want to talk about the ridiculousness of some of these excuses, some of these statements that we've heard before and why it's important for people to get the right help and the right advice that they really need rather than just maintaining a relationship strictly for personal reasons, when you really should view this as kind of a business transaction when you're putting together a financial and retirement plan. Uh, Here's an example. I know we've all heard this at one point in time. Somebody kind of coming up with that excuse that says, you know, my portfolio hasn't done very well for the last couple of months or maybe even the last few years. But again, it's that nice guy thing. He's a really nice guy. So I haven't wanted to make a change. Do you see people get kind of too emotionally invested with their advisor that they're then kind of blind to the results?
2: We do, and we see both ends of the spectrum. You know, I see people that are like furious at their advisor because the market took a dive one week. You know, but yeah, we see a lot of that, and that's that's something that we we battle quite a bit. So, you have somebody that's been with an advisor for ten years; um, they're in the they're moving from the you know accumulation phase into the preservation phase, and the advisor is not keeping up with that. They're you know their answer to the client calling and saying hey i'm approaching retirement i i think i need to shift my strategies a little bit and they're like oh well, we'll just shift the bond to stock ratio a little bit yeah, <laughs> yeah. moving around yeah. moving around a little bit and people are it, sometimes they don't want to get confrontational and they feel like the person's an expert so that that's what they need to do even though in their heart they they don't really agree with it so they'll come in and sit down with us we'll come up with a completely different way of of uh, you know approaching that that investment and it looks great, sounds great, makes sense. They are totally in on it. And as soon as they get a hold of their other advisor or he gets a hold of them, once they start liquidating stuff, they'll turn it around. They'll use that personal relationship to leverage against the client and convince them, oh, no, you're, you're fine having everything in the market in retirement. It's all good. Everything's going to be fine. You don't need to deal with those guys over there. And we've lost some clients that way. It's, it's, it's disheartening. It is. It's frustrating to, to see you know that, that
3: happening. You know, it's not in the best interest of the client, but we can only we can only say our piece, you know, and, and it's, it's the client's decision to make, of course. Um, but, you know, if, if you are working with an advisor, it's important that you do like them and, and trust them, of course, and kind of have that personal level of the re- relationship. But at the end of the day, as Walter's saying, it, it is a business decision to, to make. And uh, you have to have that, not just trust, but confidence in the performance that's going to occur. And if you don't have that, uh, don't be afraid to, to sever ties. And, and maybe you feel like you owe it to have that conversation with your advisor and, and you should do that. Make sure you've given them the chance to perform because they may not be aware that you, you're looking for a change, but if you've had that conversation, you, you've tried to work through and it's just not working out, it's just one of those things in life, make, make the switch. Find somebody that can relate to you and maybe this new phase of life and be able to put a plan together that, that makes sense for where you're at and not where you were.
1: There's another excuse, Jess and Jonathan, that kind of sounds like this from time to time. You know, I don't really understand much of what my advisor says, and I'm always really confused after we meet, but, you know, I guess money's just not really my thing. And, you know, he's a nice guy, so I, I trust him to do the right thing with it. Why is that a big red flag and a big problem when somebody's not understanding their plan when they walk out the door?
2: That's a, in my opinion, that's a huge red flag. And, and one thing I take a lot of pride in is. When somebody leaves my office, they understand what we're doing and I'm not letting them leave until they do. If you have taken somebody's life savings, put together a plan that tells them what they're going to do with the rest of their life and they leave your office and they don't understand it, you've not done your job at all. Yeah, it's a disservice, really. I mean, you're, yeah. you're,
3: you're confusing the worse.
2: situation. Um, so yeah, we, we do see that
3: unfortunately more often than we'd like to. And, and it, we kind of take it upon ourselves just out of, out of you know, I guess the goodness of our hearts just to try to make sense of it for for the client, regardless of whether they move forward with us or not. But yeah, it's 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 a bad scenario. It's it's something that really shouldn't occur. You know, in this industry, but it does happen from time to time. And as a client, you just have to make sure again that you like the person, but that you understand what's going on. At the end of the day, it's your money, your portfolio, your future, your life. Make sure you understand it. It's great to find somebody that you like and trust, but can you really like and trust them if they're not either able to explain it to you or, or willing to explain it to you? And that, that's, that's the worst of them. If they're not willing to sit down and give you the time of day to really explain things and how they work and make you feel comfortable, then
2: that's not the right uh, business relationship to be in. Yeah, and that, and that gives all of us a black eye in the industry. It does. Um, it's super you know, frustrating. And there's there's really two, two reasons why that happens. Either the advisor is not doing a good job of explaining it to the clients, or he's doing a great job of not explaining it to the client right, and um, looking out for his own self-interest, you know, putting him in something that works better for him that may not be in their best interest. But as long as they don't understand it and they trust him, then, you know, he's right. he's getting the extra spiffs or if he you know puts enough money with this one company, they send him to Las Vegas or Hawaii or something like that. You know, so they'll, they'll sometimes intentionally be more confusing than they need to be. Right, and that's that's not normal. So if you're
3: experiencing that, that's not normal, that's not every advisor, that's just not how it works. You know, air quotes over the radio. That's not right, F- find a relationship that, that works in your favor, where you understand what's going on, the the right advisor is out there. <laughs> yep. Another excuse,
1: guys, because we're seeing this trend of, yeah, likability is an important piece of the puzzle, but then you've got you know to worry about performance and uh, understanding your plan, education, that other element of it. Then there's communication too. I know we've heard all before something along the lines of, you know, I don't really get together for reviews with my advisor, and I don't get my phone calls returned very fast, if at all. But I know that he's really busy. He's got a lot of clients. He's worked with my dad for, you know, many years. So I'm just going to make this assumption that he's, you know, taking care of me or has my best interests at heart. I know there's a lot to unpack in that in that example between the you know lineage of that's who my you know my dad or a, a significant other or a family member worked with, but as well as the communication side of things, there should be clear
2: expectations for how often your advisor is going to talk to you and give you information and that sort of thing. There should be, and, and you know, advisors get busy like anybody else, and I'm, I'm guilty of it as much as any as any other professional of not always being able to return a phone call right away, but once it becomes a pattern. That's when it should be a a little bit alarming. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, even if the
3: advisor can't return a call, somebody on on their staff should return the call, right? At a minimum, set up a a time to talk where it's not just, oh, grab five minutes in between appointments kind of thing. You know, we can actually set time aside and reach out and have a conversation. So, you know, if, if you're getting that treatment, as Jess is saying, kind of repeatedly, it becomes a habit that, that too is not normal. You should be able to have your questions answered. You should be given the time of day and, and, and the opportunity to really connect and make sure you, you have an understanding of what's going on and have your questions answered. So um, that should be happening. Um, you should be meeting with your advisor at least once a year to kind of connect, make sure you know what's going on, have the annual review, talk about life changes, anything that's coming up. Um, it's important just to connect and, and make sure um, that you communicate with each other uh, so that you're you're on the right path and there aren't any assumptions made on either side because that can go the wrong way. But kind of to the lineage thing that the Walter's talking about, I mean, that, that does happen uh, working in the retirement space. Um, you know, you, you may have an account that you inherited. We certainly see that from, from time to time around here. And it's important to connect with the advisor and, and have the conversation, get your questions answered about the accounts that you've inherited. but. Uh, it may not be the right relationship for you. So certainly, um, if 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 it's somebody that you feel good about, that your your parents had a great relationship with, give them a chance, have the conversation, and and maybe that's the right fit for you. But if it's not, you know, like we said earlier, um, kind of as part of this show, don't be afraid to make the change. Uh, it's it's don't feel bad about it. It's it's your money, not theirs. At the end mm-hmm. of the day, that's what it comes down to. Exactly. So if, if any of these things are, are striking a chord with you, if you're feeling like your existing relationship with your advisor isn't what it should be, or you have some questions that, that maybe you want to get answered that you're not getting answered with your with your current advisor, just take the opportunity to come out and, and have dinner with us. Learn a little bit more about us. We'll, we'll talk for about 45 minutes about what we do, how we operate, some of the mistakes we see people making, and and really just try to outline how we approach retirement planning. And And with that comes an opportunity to make an appointment, come in and see us face-to-face and talk about your specific situation. And that's really where the rubber hits the road. So Um, We we look forward to having you out uh, and take the opportunity to to, to come see us at those dinner events and hopefully find you in the office to to address your concerns and put a retirement plan together for you.
1: It's a great opportunity if you have any question marks about your financial plan or wonder if you might be making some of the common retirement mistakes out there, like the danger of not having an income plan or the problem with investing as if you're still working, if you haven't taken into account the plan for taxes in your portfolio All big issues that you need to address, and if you haven't done that before, you can learn about these things with some of your peers and have dinner on us. So just come on out to one of our dinner and discussion seminars. If you'd like to view the list of upcoming events and to RSVP on the web, you can do that at ncwealth.com do it right now go to ncwealth.com sign up for one of those upcoming events here in the austin area or you can also call or text your request to attend an upcoming event as well 512-492-3800 is the number to call or text to do that 512-492-3800 or again online at ncwealth.com you're tuned in to the noble
4: capital radio app Hi, I'm a cleverly devised personification of Wall Street. I'm one wild roller coaster ride away from wreaking havoc on your investments. And I love to mess with your emotions. If you're not properly diversified, you can bet I'll keep you up all night thinking about me. If you want to keep me off your mind, you really need a trusted advisor who'll look after your best interests. You also need a custom-designed financial plan that'll protect you from market volatility. Otherwise, when I take a plunge, I'll send you scrambling through your filing cabinet, hoping you were well prepared. Don't wait for turmoil to hit. In the Austin area, reach out to the Noble Capital Wealth Management
0: Team for help building a custom, comprehensive, and complementary financial plan. Call 512-492-3800. That's 512-492-3800. Or reserve a time to meet online at ncwealth.com. That's ncwealth.com. If you ever miss a show, don't worry. You can always catch up later with the Noble Capital Radio Hour podcast. Find it on your favorite podcasting apps like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other platforms. Just look for the Noble Capital Radio Hour podcast or go online to ncwealth.com.
1: Time to answer another question on the Noble Capital Radio Hour mailbag. And this is where we answer questions from folks all throughout the Austin area. If you've got something on your mind and you want to possibly have it featured on a future show, Call or text your question to Jonathan and Jess at 512-492-3800. That's 512-492-3800. Or you can submit your question online. Look for the contact button on ncwealth.com. All right, guys, this question comes to us from David in Austin. David says, I'm looking to spend or blow $250,000 on a motorhome. Is there a rule of thumb for percentage of income or total savings to see if this is doable I have the cash saved.
2: Thanks. Man, that's a pretty open-ended rod question. So I don't know if, there's, if there is a rule of thumb on that. I, I've never heard never of Never heard of the
3: motorhome rule? <laughs> never heard of it.
2: that ring a bell with you, you know? No, no. I mean, I, I think it really depends
3: upon, you know, whether this is a real lifestyle change. Like if, if you're no longer living in your home, you're selling that you're going to live in a motorhome, and that's kind of your plan for retirement, you know, um, then you can look at the motorhome expenses as your, your, um, your, your home expenses. You know what I mean? Uh, if, if this isn't that scenario, it's just something to do on the weekends or to take a trip you know, a few times a year, then that becomes more of a a fun expense, a vacation expense. So it depends on how you're looking at it, you know, and and at the end of the day, it's about the assets that you have available to you, your your budget, your income streams. I mean, this would be a a component of a plan that we'd put together. It's kind of hard to answer that question just kind of off the cuff like that.
2: I, I would approach it, you know, forget the RV for the time being. If your overall portfolio and your resources relative to your Longevity and retirement could afford for you to just take 250 grand and throw it away if you could just do without that money without it putting a, a hamper on you then yeah spend it if if that would significantly impact your retirement then I would I would I would integrate that into the plan.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So it goes back to how, how are you using it? But if you can afford to do that, then more power to you. That's, that sounds like a great, uh, exciting, fun thing to do in retirement. That's kind of one of my, my personal things. I'd love to travel the country by RV and see everything there is to see. So maybe you can knock that off of your bucket list. It sounds like fun. I haven't more looked say.
1: at RV prices lately, but that must be a nice one. That sounds like a nice one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's,
2: that's, that's actually, and that's not a, higher end one from a price standpoint I've Really, seen really so when okay. you see the the, the the bus size ones oh yeah yeah um, that are, that are you know that you really could live in comfortably I mean those are a million two sure. million plus It's yeah. so crazy 250 like the, grand does not go as far months. on an RV as you would think I would I would save 200 and 220 grand of it and just get a Harley and go do something. You know? <laughs> there you go. Well, we all have our you know different things that get us excited. Some it's going fast,
1: others it's having the ability to cook and sleep where you drive. <laughs> so That's it. There that's, you go. <laughs> we we all have different things that make us tick, but uh, little did you think just that your hobby would be less expensive than uh you know, one that doesn't go as fast, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, I yeah. can imagine that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, we haven't put a, the other, the rest of the hobbies in, throwing them with it, though. So. <laughs> that's true. That's true.
1: Yeah, good point. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like the uh, like Davidson a pretty good position here, though. If he's if he's really viewing the 250k as, you know, in his own words, blowing 250k on a motorhome, that doesn't sound like someone who's saved 250 thousand dollars for retirement and they're going to
3: spend it all on a motorhome. Right. Right. Yeah. There, there's there's no shame on it if you're comfortable blowing it. Good for you for saving that up and go have some fun in retirement. That's what it's all about as long as you're comfortable with it then then by
2: all means and and if you buy it right you know i mean you get into it a year or two years and realize it's really not for you then you know maybe you can recoup 70 percent of it good point point. yeah
1: Yeah, it's not it's not exactly like you're just throwing it away and never get to see that money again necessarily so right not 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 an appreciating asset but also not one that's going to be completely go to zero in a short period of time so uh great question david thank you for submitting that one to us although it does sound like It might benefit you to have an overall financial plan done, an overall retirement plan, just to make sure that you are making a good decision on that motorhome purchase and not sacrificing your retirement future, as Jonathan and Jess kind of detailed over the last couple of minutes. And if you'd like to come in for a review of your financial plan, you can set that up or come to a dinner and discussion seminar to learn with your peers and uh, learn a little bit more about some of the common retirement mistakes that people make. If you want to attend an upcoming event or come in for a visit, you can do that at ncwealth.com sign up online. Again, the website is ncwealth.com. Or you can call or text 512-492-3800. That's 512-492-3800. And request to come to an upcoming dinner and discussion seminar. Have dinner on us, learn a little bit about the financial world at the same time. Again, you can also sign up online one more time. That's ncwealth.com. You're listening to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Stay tuned.
4: When you reflect on your life, what would you like to see as your fondest memories? Summers at your favorite vacation spot? Ice cream with the grandkids after their first T-Ball game. Maybe it was your great adventure across the world. Of course, those memories are still in the future, although they're not as far away as you might think. Be sure you have a financial plan to make them happen. Don't find yourself worrying while enjoying that ice cream peace of mind is attainable in your retirement. With the proper planning, you can secure a meaningful retirement. In the Austin area, reach out to the Noble Capital Wealth Management Team for help
0: building a custom, comprehensive, and complementary financial plan. Call 512-492-3800. That's 512-492-3800. Or reserve a time to meet online at ncwealth.com. That's ncwealth.com. Talk 137, the right choice. You're listening to the Noble Capital Radio Hour with Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland. Let's get back
1: to the show with your host, Walter Storholt. Well, it's time to answer another one of your questions here on the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Walter Storholt here alongside Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland, the great team at Noble Capital Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Austin area. If you have any questions that you'd like may be featured on a future show on the mailbag, we'd be happy to do so. Call or text your question to 512-492-3800. That's 512-492-3800, or submit it online to ncwealth.com, and we'll take some of the best questions that you ask and throw them Jonathan and Jess's direction. Guys, here comes the uh, first question for today. I don't have a name or a location on this one, but the question goes like this. I'm supposed to take my RMD for the first time at the end of this year. I know I can delay it until April 1st. Is there anything I need to do before that time?
3: Well, you want to make sure that you're, you're paying attention to the SECURE Act that, that's been passed and just and changed the RMD age from 70 and a half to 72. So if you had not yet turned 70 and a half by the end of 2019, you don't have to take your RMD until you turn 72 now. So that's a change that's been made. So that that may push off your RMD for some time. If not, we can go ahead and, and just address the the question, there, there's really nothing you need to do other than take the, the necessary distribution by April 1st, like you're saying. Um, it's just important to note what year you do turn 70 and a half. For example, if that was in 2019, then you have until April 1st of 2020 to go ahead and take that uh, RMD distribution. So it's just a matter of, of getting with your financial institution and making sure that that check gets cut, so to speak, before that date, or you'll be on the hook for pretty significant penalties. So...
2: Yeah, you're you're taking it whether you want to or not. It's a matter yeah. Of there's you can have penalties on top of it.
3: There's no stopping it. There's there's no way to really get around it at this point in the game. If you're already there, it's it's going to be required. Um, but uh, yeah, just make sure that if you are taking it, that you need to take it. Like I said, the Security Act changed some things up there at the end of 2019, and the whole uh, really the whole industry is still uh, making sure we have that figured out, and and, and all the institutions are, are making sure all their policies are in place to to follow it correctly. So get maybe give that a little bit of time but certainly um here very soon that that should be figured out and everybody uh, will know what's going on but that, that was the big change from rmd for your situation anyways that was the big change rmd is changing from 70 and a half to 72 so if, if that affects you in that way congratulations you can put it off for a little while longer if not make sure you get that distribution out by april 1st
1: the R does stand for required, so we'll required. Just, yes, <laughs> keep that in mind. But that is a uh, a really good question to ask. Uh, you got to make sure you stay on top of those required minimum distributions. And there has been that recent change with the Secure Act. So if you want to m- learn more about the Secure Act, about some of these other common retirement mistakes and issues that often arise, and you want to learn a little bit more about these things with some of your peers, we do mention all the time here on the show that you should come to one of our dinner and discussion seminars. where where you can get not only dinner on us, but also some great financial and retirement education. We'll talk about the annuity trap, Taxes. what to know about why procrastination is such a big problem for many people when it comes to their financial plan, especially if we're talking about required minimum distributions. You don't want to procrastinate on those, which in this case the uh, question asker is not, which is a good thing. But if you want to come to one of those events, we invite you to do so. You can RSVP online at ncwealth.com. That's ncwealth.com. You can also call or text 512-492-3800 if you'd like to attend an upcoming event And again, that's 512-492-3800 or online at ncwealth.com. Thanks for the question. That's another edition of the Mailbag here on the Noble Capital Radio Hour.
0: Want to have a great meal on us and learn a little about retirement at the same time? Go to ncwealth.com to see our list of upcoming dinner events. You can reserve a spot right there online. Just go to ncwealth.com to
1: RSVP. Come hungry. We'll see you there. Well, it's time to open up the mailbag and get another question from one of our listeners. If you want to submit a question, go online and contact us at ncwealth.com. That's ncwealth.com. This first one comes to us from Jay in Austin today. Jay says, Ever since I retired, I've had a really hard time spending money. Something about not having a paycheck makes me nervous. Do you think I need a shrink? (laughs)
2: Jay, you don't need a shrink. What you need is a a financial advisor that understands the difference between spending down and generating income. You need a plan. But to answer your question, um, no, you don't need a shrink. You should be nervous. um, If all you've done is accumulate a a nest egg and you're trying to spin it down and figure out uh, how to make yourself run out before it does, then you've got the wrong plan. So give us a call and see if we can help you out. Great question, Jay.
1: A lot of people have that question. You're not alone there. And if you want to get some further information and get some customized advice for your own financial situation. Maybe you're listening to the show today and you're in a similar situation to Jay as well. Give a call to the team at Noble Capital Wealth Management. 512-492-3800 is the number. That's 512-492-3800. And always 24-7 online at ncwealth.com.
2: Hey, it's Jess Hamill with Noble Capital. Are you making your retirement a priority? Do you have a plan to generate income in retirement? Have you worked hard to accumulate a nest egg and now your only plan is to spend it down? If any of these questions make you stop and think, you need to attend our upcoming dinner event. We'll talk about generating retirement income in ways you probably won't expect. Seats fill up quickly, so reserve your spot today. Go to ncwealth.com. That's ncwealth.com. We'll see you there.
0: Do you have a question for the Noble Capital team? Give us a call at 512-492-3800 to get some answers. That's
1: 512-492-3800 or online at ncwealth.com. This is the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Walter Storholt alongside Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland, the great team at Noble Capital Wealth Management, serving you through the Austin area. And for a couple of minutes on today's show, we want to talk about hidden gems in the financial world. You know, if you're like most people, you probably have some financial accounts that you haven't really paid much attention to recently. Perhaps the statements are just collecting dust in your file cabinet. But they might actually be hidden gems that you could put to much better use. So we're going to talk about some of these old accounts that people tend to ignore for too long and how we can maybe use them better. Jess and Jonathan, one thing that certainly comes to mind, I'm sure you see this all the time in the office, people come in with those old 401ks. They used to work with a company, had a 401k with them, left that company, but then they never did anything with that 401k why is that maybe one of these areas of opportunity
2: we do see that more often than you would expect or at least more often than i would expect it's one thing to leave it there and just never get around to doing something with it. But it amazes me how many people forget that they're there in the first place.
3: Yeah, yeah, they're coming out. I think when I worked over at that one place, I think I have something there. Do you have a statement for it?
2: No, no. Can you help me with that? Or Or you'll have the the, the husband and wife team, and and the wife's going, I don't have anything. The husband's like, remember that place you worked 20 years ago? Didn't you have a 401k there? And she's like, oh, I don't know, maybe I did. Light bulb, yeah. All of a sudden, there's some money. And it's usually not, when they're forgotten and that old, there's not a tremendous amount. But, I mean, I've seen 30, 40 grand sitting in one yeah. Yeah. It's like People finding a totally forgot about.
3: $10 bill in the washing machine, you know, yeah. <laughs> do a load of laundry. Like, Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. So it, it does happen. Uh, that's, that's something we certainly, uh, work often with our clients on is just really simplifying their financial life by finding all those, you know, accounts that have been lost or forgotten and trying to pull them together and, and put them to work. Um, unfortunately on the 401ks, you know, uh, you typically don't have great investment options. You're, you're limited in scope and what you can do. And, and oftentimes uh, the fees are a little higher than you'd pay elsewhere to have that money. So, don't forget about those. Certainly, um, if you're not going to move them away, you know, into roll them into an IRA when you leave an employer, at least take a look and make sure you know, you know how it's invested and what fees you're paying, and, and make the smart decision. If you if you are going to leave it behind,
2: um, don't forget about it. Yeah, and my my advice is pretty much the same to everybody. It's like you know, as soon as you get out of there, roll yeah, it over, take it over, take yeah. it. You know, drop yeah. the fees, get more control over it. You know, if you've got an IRA at one of the big boxes or, or pretty much anywhere. You've got a lot more control and a lot quicker control. If you see the market starting to do something, you want to make a change, you're not having to go through a 401k administrator and submit an email and wait for a response and have them get with the custodian and do all that other stuff. So it's usually a, a good idea to get it out of there. Once nobody's matching it anymore, you have no benefit. Yeah. There's no yeah. benefit to you of having it at, that, for, at the, uh, that place.
1: That's a great point. The conversation of contributing to a 401k versus like an IRA Really gets flipped on its head with the match because, yeah, you want to take advantage of that free money. But once that disappears, there's so many more advantages in having full control over those plans, it sounds like. So, yeah, more efficient, better opportunities. And you can consolidate a little bit too, especially if you've had multiple jobs. You don't want three or four old 401ks sitting around, roll them into one house, and just it gets you much more organized. You'll just feel cleaner having all of everything under one umbrella like that versus scattered all over the place a great point. Uh, Another area where we find some hidden gems from time to time are life insurance policies, maybe ones that have been kept in the drawer for a while. And do we still need those policies? Could that money be put to better use? Do you have occasions where you meet with clients and that becomes part of the conversation?
2: We do. We have that often. Um, A lot of times they they don't understand it or they've forgotten about it. You know, somebody's uh, grandparents bought them a whole life policy when they were two years old and they've had it forever and they just don't think about it. They're still thinking of the the death benefit realm, but a lot of times those things have developed some cash value that we can 1035 into another policy and take a a lot of advantage of of tax advantages on it.
3: Yeah, we find that it's one of those things where, you know, you you take out the policy when you're younger, you you have kids, you know, the the whole mortgage, the normal reasons why you'd buy a life policy, and you start paying those payments and you just get in the habit. Maybe it's on auto draft from your checking account and you just forget about it. It's just one of those things in life you forget about. And so we'll find those often and it's like, are you still paying for this? Well, well, yeah, you know, it cost me X amount every month. Well, why do you still have it? And there, there's generally not an answer that comes quickly, you know, it's kind of like, well, it's cause I've always had it, you know? Um, so it's, it's a good time uh, as, if, as you're looking at doing some retirement planning or really any planning of any kind. Uh, to just take a look at that life policy and, and make sure it's still meeting the same needs you purchased it for. And if you either don't have those needs, or your needs have changed, then maybe that policy needs to change too uh, to, to really serve you better. And that, that's really what we look to analyze. How can we better utilize uh, that, that asset? Right.
2: We're talking at about... The, at the bare minimum, just for house cleaning, you know, just keeping things straight and knowing why there's a debit coming out of your checking account every month there' right, right. something that's going to benefit. And,
3: and I'm, I'm speaking to, to, to life policies with some cash value there, right? If it's just a term policy, then, then you, you know, if the decision is you don't need any more, then, then we can let it go and we're not going to renew it, that sort of thing. But if it's something with cash value, it's, it's really it's even more valuable to really uh, pay attention to and figure out if there isn't something better we can we can redirect
2: those funds towards. Well, the one the one that's the most significant is when it's a, an old school universal life policy, yeah. because the you know a, a whole life policy, you're going to pay on it forever. It's going to keep developing cash value and you should have some in the end. The universal life policies kind of peak and start going the other way. So they're, they're designed so the cash value builds and builds and builds, and as your cost of insurance increases, eventually it starts tapping into that cash value to pay for it, and that cash value starts to decrease. So if you don't need that policy, then there's no reason to just let accumulated cash value continue to pay something that you don't need. Right, right. And it's not always apparent what you have. So that, that's that's another
3: reason to, to bring the statement in and have us take a look at it with you is figure out what do you have and what's the need for it. And can we do something uh, different or better or do we leave it alone? Yep. Yeah,
1: we're talking about these hidden gems that might be in your statements or in your portfolio. Maybe these are the things that have been sitting around in the cabinet or the filing cabinet for too long, collecting dust on them. Old 401ks, life insurance, so far the examples. Guys, I'm sure folks also have savings accounts, or maybe it's a money market or even a CD. That's maybe not working as efficiently as it could that people have kind of just forgot that they were utilizing and investing in.
2: I don't see that as often. Um, you know, people have, you know, CDs or, or some old savings account at a, at a credit union that they're not really maintaining, but they usually remember those. Yeah, yeah. It happens from time to time. I think the the more
3: maybe uh, relevant way to talk about it is kind of in terms of, of return. So, I mean, I think we're all guilty of just assuming the rate's going to be, you know, point nothing, right, at, at our savings account. And so you may have uh, your kind of your short term, six to 12 month savings emergency bucket sitting at your, your most convenient bank where you have your checking account, but that may not be the best place for it. You might get one point something instead of zero point something if you had it in a different location. So sometimes having that on autopilot, kind of forgetting about it, while that's good in terms of making sure you're not just dipping into the emergency fund to to buy that new thing you want, you may be able to do better by yourself by putting it somewhere else where you're earning a little bit higher return. Rates have come down, but they're still at a higher point than just 0. 0.0 so you can go out and find some better rates than maybe you're getting currently in a savings account. so it's something to think about in terms of uh, as we talk about forgetting about things to do
1: I guess those accounts get out of balance over time too if somebody's been saving into a savings account just kind of automatically or on autopilot for a really long time sure all of a sudden they kind of look at it and it's like wow, I've got not just six months of expenses in this account saved up but you know I've got a significant amount of money hanging out in here that maybe is, is getting dustier or, or that lazy money we've heard that term before.
2: All right. I mean, that's, a, that's not a bad problem to have as long as you identify it and do something about it.
3: Right. yeah, right. That's a good right, point, though, right. Walter. I mean, if you're if you're on autopilot into the savings and maybe it's not going into the 401k or into the IRA, it's just going into the savings account um, at some point there is a such thing as this too much cash on hand. So you want to make sure that again, that the, those dollars are working for you. So even if your risk tolerance is super, super conservative, um, you can still do something more than, than a savings account and, and kind of earn that zero point nothing. So make sure you're, you don't have too much cash on hand, or at least make sure you know that you do at least don't forget about it. Kind of like Walter saying, and, and make sure there's in a place that you need to rebalance and reallocate that to, to make sure you don't have too much. Cause that, that certainly is a thing. That's a great point, Walter. Last but not least, what
1: about something like a, an old pension fund that maybe got frozen years ago, and people didn't really, you know, do anything with those dollars if they got put into a lump sum or you know something along those lines? Is that kind of similar to the old four hundred one k scenario where there's just a better use for those dollars? It's kind of stuck in an account that's not working as efficiently or gaining as much as it could. Oh yeah, for
2: sure. Now, that's that's probably the more common one. You know, somebody. Somebody left, they had a pension fund, they meant to do something with it, they got their new job, got busy, and all of a sudden 10 years has gone by, and they've just kind of forgotten about it, and they might have 20 or $100,000 sitting somewhere. And a lot of times people remember it, but what they're remembering is, oh yeah, someday I'm gonna have a small income stream coming out of this, so just be sure to remember that kind of thing. But but there's a lot of times where we can take it as a lump and put it somewhere else and make it perform better to a better income stream than what it's gonna uh, produce in its own specific way right right and
3: I think sometimes it's, it's just one of those things people just forget about or, or it's complicated they're, they got some letter from right from the pension fund and they're trying to figure out what who I need to call to figure out what to do with it and how does that work and can I roll that over or, you know there's lots of questions surrounding it it's not as, as cut and dry even as, as just rolling a 401k over always so it's something that kind of gets pushed to, to the back and you know life moves on and you forget about it so you know uh, certainly as you're clearing out the file cabinet if you find one of those it is a little bit of a hidden gem certainly it's like I said finding that ten dollars in the Washing machine. So uh, pull that up and, and let's figure it out and see who we need to call and track that down and, and, and get those dollars working for you um,
2: and make sure it's going to be productive in a retirement scenario. So something else that goes hand in hand with that a lot of those pension funds. They're not always real friendly when you're trying to get the money out yeah <laughs> so they make it more complicated than it needs to be um put you through too many hoops and people just give up you know or they are they they run out of time they allocate you know 20 minutes today to deal with this and, and all of a sudden it turns into a four-hour deal so they'll deal with it later and then later it never happens i mean we, i actually had a review with a client and she's had quite a few jobs that are passing there's all kinds of you know 401ks and pension funds and stuff like that she had to spread everywhere she comes in with a heb bag just full of stuff But there was this one small pension fund that had a cash value of about eight or nine grand, and she actually had gotten on it and had been trying to get it out, roll it over, do something with it for the past, like, month. And they were just running her in circles. So we got them on the phone, and I straightened them out in about 10 minutes and (laughs) got them going. But it 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 was sad. It was obvious that they were intentionally being difficult in an attempt to not, you know, release the funds. So if you think you might have any of those hidden gems laying around or you know that you do and you just haven't done anything with it, you know, we'd love to take a look at it with you along with your overall portfolio. The best thing to do is to come to one of our dinner seminars and come on in, have a, a nice meal on us, get about a 45 minute presentation explaining what we do and what we can do for you. And if you like what you hear that you can set an appointment to come in and sit down and talk with me.
1: And here's the number that you can call or text to RSVP to one of those upcoming events. That's 512-492-3800. You can call or text that number and let us know that you'd like to come to an upcoming event. We'll get you all the details and get a seat reserved for you. You can also go to ncwealth.com. That's ncwealth.com. Learn more about the dinner and discussion seminars there. See the list of upcoming events and RSVP right from the website. That's ncwealth.com or call or text 512-492-3800. Learn about taxes, the annuity trap, the problem with investing as if you're still working, and, of course, the big one, procrastination. And uh, make sure that you avoid making those common retirement mistakes. We'll cover all that and more at the dinner and discussion seminars here at Noble Capital Wealth Management. N Wealth.com or call or text 512-492-3800. You're listening to the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Talk 1370, the right choice. It's getting to know you time. Time to get to know Jonathan Berkland and Jess Hamill a little bit better on today's show. Walter Storholt here with you as well, of course. And this is the part of the program where we sidestep all the uh, financial conversations just to have a little bit of fun and get to know these guys better. And so my question for you today, guys, what is your ideal way to relax after a hard day
2: of work or even a hard week at work if it's the end of the week? Wow. Um, I guess that depends on how hard the uh, the day or the week was. The, <laughs> the, the, the past months, the answer to that is get home at 9 o'clock and collapse. <laughs> um, I've, been, I've been doing three jobs here. But I would say on a, on a normal day, which is I'm having to go back in the memory banks, probably get on the bike and go ride or, you know, music, one of the two.
3: Yeah, yeah, music's kind of released for me. I mean, I love, love playing some guitar in the evening or reading um, something to kind of take the mind to another place, right, and just kind yeah. of. Uh, it kind of rejuvenates the mind, you know, something other than just sitting and staring at a TV. Although that can be somewhat enjoyable f- just for the moment, but it doesn't it doesn't rejuvenate my mind in the way that the reading or playing guitar or, or gardening. Uh, gosh I'm, I'm so exciting right? yeah. <laughs> well, the I love the gardening <laughs> mention
2: the guitar is, yeah. uh, you
3: know uh, something about you know gardening watering flowers that sort of thing just you know you're out in nature it just it takes my brain to a, a different place so that's
2: it's, it's what he likes that's his yoga
1: I, I'm, that's down, yeah. I'm down with yeah. watering
2: there
3: is something
1: therapeutic about watering uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with you on that. I I like to in the summer. I like to take care of the pool, so I come home and okay, okay. I just enjoy cleaning the pool. It's get the leaves out and the oh, whatever yeah, all that. That's, yeah,
2: that's why I don't have a pool anymore. <laughs> I did
1: yeah. not enjoy that experience. Yeah. Well, to it's me, a it's chore, part of the fun. You know, it's part yeah. of the activity, and it's kind of neat to see it just get you know sparkle and look clean. It just feels it's like how some people like to vacuum just because they like the lines and it just neat to see yeah, it yeah. go from dirty to clean. That feeling, and then in the winters when there's nothing going on with the pool. I love the fireplace. So sitting by the fire and getting a fire roaring when we get home. Oh
2: yeah, I there can do this that nice yeah. too. Yeah, so I'll let you know a little secret since we're talking about Jonathan rejuvenating by by gardening. I like to iron, iron everything. I, mean, I iron my sheets, I iron my pillowcases, I iron my underwear. Oh, right. I knew you were weird. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, if you if you are not used to getting into starched, ironed, freshly cleaned sheets that are stretched tight across the bed. Um, at night, then you're, you're missing out, man. That's uh, that is how I like to go to sleep and escape. I just do my best to get them changed every now and no, but then. But even even the, um, the you know you know OCD and compulsive or anal compulsive I am it's the whole act of getting it exactly perfect and exactly flat and getting rid of every single wrinkle. It's uh, yeah. very satisfying for me. Yeah,
3: so it's it's kind of like Walter. It's just the like pool. cleaning the yeah, pool. You know? yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. That's your Something version. Something along you know? those lines.
1: Yeah, That's my yeah. version. Yeah. Yeah. I'd also throw cooking in there. I really I really enjoy. Not every yeah. night do we cook, but I like you know, three you know three or four times a week we try to cook and uh so i I really do enjoy that especially when it's my wife and i will do it together i I like doing that with her we have a good time kind of working together in the kitchen uh with one another sometimes we'll let one lead and then the other will you know kind of read the instructions or the directions of the recipe and just a nice nice way to unwind from the day and then enjoy a meal together i like that right
3: but who gets stuck with dishes
1: uh, always a team effort. We try to always take okay. the team effort. Approach. All right. Good
2: yeah. for you.
3: Yeah. That's cool. I, I like always, cooking as
2: well. Yeah. We always did. Whoever, unless whoever, we're too tired, then it probably <laughs> falls to Connie the next day. <laughs> 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 Our rule is always, uh, whoever cooked did not do, you know, whoever didn't cook, did the dishes. Right. Right. Yes. Right. And that's a good rule. The, I think that's a very
1: good trade off. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, Except
2: unless one of you is able to prepare an elaborate, beautiful meal with minimal dishes and kind of clean and reuse as you go. And the other one. Uses a very basic meal and uses every utensil in the house. <laughs> <laughs> piled up in the sink. And yes. I'm sure by my attitude on that, you can figure out which one of those I am.
3: <laughs>
1: I'm i a clean as you go, so that you don't I, as you go. I, exactly. so you don't have any left. Uh, Connie is definitely a use every dish in the house to make the, <laughs> to make the meal, and it's a humongous pile at the end. So it's like, how do you do the dishes when the dishwasher then when the dishes are spilling out? You can't even reach the water. You know, like what, what's going on? How did and we Connie, go from talking about the things that relax <laughs> us to talking about dishes? That's not right. Um, No, i thought connie was your dishwasher (laughs) sometimes sometimes it turns out that way too funny well let's let's just reverse this conversation back to the good stuff and and we'll end on that there you go the uh the good things after a hard day of work that sounds like playing the guitar and sitting by the fire or cleaning the pool and uh riding riding motorcycles that's what uh is very nice after a long day or week at work for Jess and Jonathan and me. More coming up on today's show. That's getting to know the guys a little bit better, and we'll have more on the Wednesday Stay tuned.
0: If you ever miss a show, don't worry. You can always catch up later with the Noble Capital Radio Hour podcast. Find it on your favorite podcasting apps like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and other platforms. Just
1: look for the Noble Capital Radio Hour podcast or go online to ncwealth.com. We have another great question on tap for the mailbag here on the Noble Capital Radio Hour. Walter Storholt here alongside Jonathan Berkland and Jess Hamill, the great team at Noble Capital Wealth Management, serving you throughout the Austin area. Area. They have an office, by the way, on Steck and Mopac across from Luby's. And if you want to get in touch with us and ask your own questions, you can do that. You can text us or call 512-492-3800. That's 512-492-3800. All right, guys, i got a question here from Jody. Jody wants to know, what's the best way to figure out how much income I'll need in retirement? I thought I knew exactly how much money we spend every month, but now that I've started crunching the numbers...
2: It appears I was way off. So that one's actually not as difficult as most people think. It's it's basically a matter of putting a budget together. Um, The hard part is people tend to think in terms of monthly numbers, and then they forget about the annual things and the semi-annual things and the things they do every five years. So basically, it's not always a matter of what you're spending now. If you're not yet retired, your retirement budget is probably not the same as you're spending now, so you got to put some thought into it. But, you know, figure out the basic stuff, mortgage, property taxes, gasoline, um, doctor visits, haircuts, all that kind of stuff, get it down on paper and then add into that the stuff that you're going to do annually. If you don't pay your uh, property taxes with your mortgage, if it's not escrowed, add that in, um, people always miss automobile replacement. So if you're going to buy a new car, every be five years, figure out what that's going to cost and divide it out so that we've at least got a, a, a budget placeholder for it. Um, and then just put it all together. I mean, it's, it's, it's not all that easy, but it's not that difficult when you're trying to figure out what to do, just sit down, put the numbers together, think through it if you're one of those kind of people that can go back through quicken or through your checkbook and try to reconcile for stuff that you spent but when you do that people tend to get stuck in what they spent over the past two years versus what they're going to spend in retirement so it's just a thinking exercise get it all down on paper try to make sure you capture all the things that you don't normally think about and then be sure to add in vacations and hobbies and and, you know entire lifestyle Um, a lot of people tend to plan for basic necessities and they forget about all the fun stuff and then they end up coming short Right. We have a great template for this. If you do come in and
3: work with us, uh, certainly something we provide. And it's, it's really one of the very first things we ask our clients to do is, is tell us, you know, what does your lifestyle look like? That's what we're planning towards, right, is, is uh, your ideal lifestyle and supporting that throughout retirement. So it starts with this, you know, this budget template that's uh, maybe a hundred line items long, and you're not going to fill all of them out. But you know, we definitely have on there the the basics, but also the things Jess was pointing out the vacations, the charitable giving, um, the the fun things we like to do in life. So um, do do take advantage of that. Get your hands on that template, and it really helps you plan out not not only today, but you know, throughout retirement, the things you want to do. It makes you think about, oh yeah, I want to take that trip or do that thing that we talked about. You know.
1: Jody, here's the best part. You're asking the right kinds of questions, and that's the hardest part for many people is just getting to that point of finding out the answers to these things. So many people procrastinate asking the right questions, and so you've already taken that step, which is certainly a good thing. If you have questions of your own that you'd like addressed from Jonathan Berklin and Jess Hamill, you can certainly do that. Call or text the guys at 512-492-3800 with your question. They'll be happy to answer that for you, 512 492 3,800, that number to call or text with your questions for the team. And that's all the time that we have for on this week's show. For Jess Hamill and Jonathan Berkland. I'm Walter Storholt. Have a great rest of your weekend. We'll see you next time back here on the Noble Capital Radio Hour.
5: all opinions and information expressed by the speakers on this show are solely the opinions of those speakers and not those of noble capital or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates all opinions are based on information the speakers consider reliable opinions and information are provided as is for educational purposes only cannot be guaranteed or warranted may change without notice and may not be corrected or updated opinions and information should not be construed as an inducement to invest and offer to buy or sell securities nor as legal tax or investment advice nor do they take into account your particular investment objectives financial situation or needs and are therefore not necessarily intended as recommendations suitable for you you must make an independent decision regarding investments and strategies mentioned on this program. Neither the speakers, Noble Capital, or their affiliates guarantee any specific outcome or profit. Past performance is not indicative of future results and all investments involve inherent risk of total loss. Strategies and investments fluctuate in price and value and investors may get back less than they invested. You should seek advice from independent financial investment and legal counsel before making any financial or investment decisions. Transmission of information through this program is not intended and does not create an advisor-client relationship between you and Noble Capital. Information provided on this program may reference other service providers including websites operated and maintained by third- The provision of such information does not imply responsibility for or an endorsement of any third-party information, opinion, recommendation, or investment product. Reproduction, distribution, republication, and or retransmission of any portion of this program is prohibited without the prior written consent of Noble Capital.